Welcome to One Long Conversation. I'm Sonia. And I'm Colby. This is a podcast about spiritual awakening. Yeah, and through that we talk about art, culture, conscious parenting, and healing yourself so you can express and freely share your unique perspective with this world. This is a fun and informative conversation that we have daily, and we're sharing it with you. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy. What are we talking about today? Uh, This is the episode on creating conscious community. Creating conscious community. Mm -hmm. What do you want to say about that? Hmm. I guess I don't really know, to be honest with you. I I don't know what I want to say about it. You're you're attracted to conscious community or to creating conscious community. So why are you, why are you attracted to number one? Um, living with conscious community. So, what does it mean? So, to ultimately, you? what conscious community means to me is it is just creating a network of individuals that seek the experience of being as present and aware as possible of life and everything that it entails. So, whatever that means to those individuals, ideally some reflection of my own values would be met in those people because that's sort of how human networking works and socialization works as we look for a little bit of ourselves and other people. So ultimately to me, creating conscious community, that's all it is. And I think that people oftentimes tend to idealize conscious community in a certain way where they think of like a bunch of like, you know, naked people living out in the middle of a forest. That's not necessarily what conscious community means to me. To me, conscious community, no matter what circumstances you are living in, means that you have a network of individuals that you have the ability to share this human experience with in an unadulterated way. So that means people who... You can be completely yourself around and who you are understanding of to the point where they can completely be themselves around you. So no restrictions. I feel as a society, we have sort of learned to mask our true selves. And part of the experience of being conscious is unmasking yourself and allowing the true self to reveal itself in all of its vulnerability to the rest of the world. And I think that when you carry out the hero's journey, which in our human life as, in, as individuals, the hero's journey, to me at least, is entirely centered around unmasking yourself and allowing that vulnerability, the braveness of one's soul to carry out along its path. As soon as you are capable of doing that, I think you initiate that journey. And I think that you will then attract like-minded individuals along the way. And those like-minded individuals would also be people who are seeking that level of consciousness, that level of ability to be vulnerable, to unmask and to be their true selves in the throes of society. Uh, And together, you may carry out a grandiose sort of lifelong journey filled with, uh, you know, twists and turns and and perils and surprises and beauty and love and joy and and all of it with this level of acceptance that this is what life is. Um, So this all kind of stems from the uh, belief, uh, and I would say observation, that people have restricted themselves and their ability to freely embark upon the journeys that they wish to embark upon because they hide that that aspect of themselves that is necessary to kickstart that path. So, for example, um, I have always had a really hard time expressing my own personal feelings if I can feel a sense of friction so, for example, I think a lot of people might encounter this. If, if you are somebody who is very sensitive 
to others, perhaps your mask that you put on might be that when you think that something you're about to say might create friction with an individual with whom you don't want to create friction with, you'll restrict that part of yourself, right? But it's an it's a part of your hero's journey to freely speak your mind. And that doesn't mean that what you say is going to be accepted. That just means that you will then unlock a series of experiences that will then lead to other experiences that creates a pathway that would not have existed if you if you had just kept your mouth shut. So whether that means you have a fight with this friend and you end up like, you know, breaking up essentially and, and going along your own path, that might kickstart an entire journey where you eventually find, you know, your true love or you find like an even better, an even, an even closer friend. Um, these are all the aspects of our hero's journey, which is literally in, in literature, just the journey of an individual from a first person perspective, or I guess a third person perspective. I guess the perspective doesn't really matter. It's just the journey of an individual as they kind of go along this. They start out in a place of ignorance. They encounter some sort of obstacle that forces them to overcome said ignorance. The ignorance leads them to a great strength or a wisdom, and then they keep doing that until they reach the end of their journey. That's that's what the hero's journey is. And we all have this. And so to me, creating conscious community is a byproduct of embarking upon, upon your hero's journey. And that's why it's so important to me it's become so important to me as I've become more conscious and aware of this because I, I didn't start out life thinking that this was necessarily going to be like the purpose of life. But as I have grown older, I've come to understand that this is really, this is what I see in the world. This is what I value. And this is why I'm here is to embark upon this journey. And so as I've, I've worked to uh, unmask more of myself um, as, as an individual who was extremely masked, um, then I have discovered that there are all these different elements of possibility. And ultimately, I have absolutely no ability to predict what direction that may go. And that's sort of the beauty of it is accepting and releasing yourself to the unknown and allowing the individuals that you attract through your consciousness to come to you. And so this is an element of creating conscious community is giving up and receiving. So do you desire to live with this conscious community literally in the same physical vicinity as in mm -hmm. an actual neighborhood? Or is this or is it just, you're just open to what universe provides for you, is showing you? Yeah, ultimately, I am, I am just open to what universe will provide me with, because my goal is not to create a community of people which are essentially bound to me by vicinity. So that's that's what I see as a failure of a lot of people who come up with this idea of conscious community and attempt to embark upon that journey, is they attempt to bind other individuals that they have some level of shared value with to themselves. And in doing so, they actually restrict themselves from what may be necessary to continue farther along their path. So they're kind of damming up areas that they needn't because all they're doing is hurting their own potential. Um, ultimately, people come and people go in your life. And the beauty of life is in all of the emotions that are created from those rises and falls and relationships. And so when, when the ego tries to restrict that, that sense of relationship by thinking, oh, I, I want to create a sort of utopian environment where I am living in utmost bliss, my most harmonious version of myself. And that, you know, could be anything from, you know, living in, in a, a tiny home community of, of people that you are, you know, just kind of living out your life with to, uh, you know, living in uh, a huts in the middle of the woods. It could, it could be literally anything, but these are things that you can't ultimately control. You can't control whether or not there's going to be a bunch of people who will want to stay in that community with you. You can't control whether or not these people are going to always have the same values, even if you start building this community. And so when friction arises, then the ego resists. And when the ego resists, things begin to crumble. And this is the problem. People don't allow themselves to just open up and flow freely with life. 
And when you allow yourself to open up and flow freely, you understand the temporary nature of things, but you also see the wide shot for being what it is, that all of these losses and gains and relationships and breakups and the emotion that comes with it, all of this is one grandiose perspective. And from that perspective, you extrapolate your lessons and your lessons then continue on with you into, you know, the cycle of death and rebirth, et cetera, et cetera. If you desire to die and rebirth in that way, which I believe ultimately is a choice when we end up dying. So. No, I agree with you on that, on the death part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, we, we've been, we've been sold a, a bill of lies on the whole death thing. Mm -hmm. So going back to the, you know, being with, conscious community physically i for one and i heard you on everything mm -hmm. you were saying i for one i i feel like i need to have actual physical tangible neighbors mm -hmm. as a conscious community that's something that i miss since the scamdemic started mm -hmm. but i mean i didn't really have that living in portland that much i had that in, in the in the multiple wellness centers that i was a part of co-creating which all failed mm -hmm. And including the one in, in Peru, which also failed. And the reason why all of the conscious communities that I was in the, the, the genesis and inception of creating, co-creating with other people who were desiring the same thing, number one, it was fear. Mm -hmm. Fear. A fear of loss. A fear of lack of control, exactly what you're talking about. You have no control and they wanted to control. And honestly, I found that every, the, the people who had the, the financial resources to begin the communities, the conscious communities, which were all surrounded, it was, it was all, the foundation was a wellness center, mm -hmm. a yoga studio wellness center, mm -hmm. all of them. And it was all women who were conceiving of this, creating it, making it a physical manifestation. Mm -hmm. And all of them, it might have been seven, mm -hmm. the women feared, became greedy, were saying, I can't pay you even though you're doing all these services, I can't pay you. And then you find out that they've made all this money off of clients and students who are looking for health and wellness and healing, and they don't want to give it to you. And that's ultimately why I got out of all of them. And then they were falling apart anyway. Mm. Because of that, they weren't based on, they weren't based on number one, Mutual community mm. in, in just a way of we're coming together to experience this. Mm -hmm. And no matter what the experience is, I'm committed mm -hmm. to experiencing this for the sake of learning and knowledge. Mm -hmm. So that was missing. The second thing was they weren't really creating a wellness center to genuinely help people mm -hmm. because people need help. Mm -hmm. They were creating it under, I want to help people, but I really want to make a lot of money off of this. Mm -hmm. And so it was, let's make as much money as possible. Let's price our services as high as possible. That way people will value them, but we're not always going to deliver the full, the full package to them. It failed because of that. And that's the greed that I saw. And it failed because the women who were starting this weren't communicating with those of us who were working with them to co-create these, these conscious community centers. It was a lot of hidden truths. They didn't want to face these aspects of themselves. Mm. Um, and then a fourth aspect is the spiritual ego, which mm. I find is one of the most challenging aspects of ego is the spiritual ego. Oh, love and light. Mm -hmm. We're all going to be, we're all just light beings. But then when the darkness comes in, they can't handle it. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of hiding. There's not a lot of facing of yourself. Like you talk about, you know, being authentic, taking off the masks. The masks were not coming off. Mm -hmm. And I found myself with them when I'm around people including you, you're my kid, 
when I'm around all of you that you don't take your masks off, what happens to me? What do I do? What do you know me to do when people kind of hide? Mm. Uh, rip the mask off for I them. I do. I ha- yeah. I feel like I I get I get kind of aggressive. Uh-huh. And I feel like I have to come out my fire. My mm. Aries Leo is like, "No, I'm going to make you take that mask off." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know it's coming from ego from me. But some of it's also just coming from my soul. Mm. And it's like I I'm like Come on, you're in there. You're behind there. And I get louder and I become more honest. Mm-hmm. And here's the ninth house in my chart coming out. Mm-hmm. And it's like, come on, let's let's dive deep. Let's communicate. And I like I get very and then the, the Scorpio comes out and it's like, let's go deep deep. Yeah, in there. Let's go into that wound. Come on, let's let's look at that infection. And and those of you that that are my family will have a tendency then to run and hide and lock yourselves away. <laughs> and you do the exact opposite. But uh-huh. it's just my nature to do that. I'm not a hider. Mm-hmm. And I never have been. And do I mean, have I had aspects of myself that have been hidden, that have been hard for me to see? Of course. That was one of my biggest problems when I was performing on stage. And when we were in rehearsals, I was having a really challenging time bringing the pain out for the character that I was playing because you're really just playing yourself. Mm-hmm. And that was really hard for me. And, and I found that when I was performing, I could not take the mask off very easily, mm. but I found actually being, having a spiritual life and, mm-hmm. and being making spirituality, my business. Mm-hmm. And you have to be the example. I mean, I, if I'm, if I'm giving QHHT and BQH sessions, I have to go there myself. Mm-hmm. I find it's a lot easier for me just to be myself and show people, yeah, here's where I was in past lives, or here's this is my father in this life, or this is my brother, and this is, you know, the former husband. This is what this is what this is. And mm-hmm. this is what I and I take ownership of this and they're reflecting this aspect of me. I I will I will reveal that publicly. So that's what happened. When I was dealing with these women who are owners is that I would go there and of course that would trigger them. Mm -hmm. And then there was the attack, Mm -hmm. you know, there's the backlash. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to pay you. And and I'm pulling all your classes away from you. We are shutting you down. And it was very dramatic. Yeah. I am taking you off of the yoga schedule. You were scheduled for eight classes and your classes are filling up 100 plus people up to the fire code. Mm-hmm. And now we're wiping you off the schedule. You are penalized. You're on probation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this, we'll see, this and I is, would get into their face and go, hey. <laughs> because I think that I think that what what you're doing is is you're embracing your hero's journey. And so I always have. Absolutely. But it's been hard to do so because, yes, because, and it's always the feminine. It's so Mm -hmm. interesting because, as you know, the feminine has been way easier for me in this life than the masculine. Mm -hmm. This life has really been the reflection of shadow masculine who that needs that needs that healing and that acceptance. Mm -hmm. But with these wellness center communities, it's always been the feminine. Mm -hmm. And they're just like. I hate you for your strength. I'm going to try to penalize you. I own this place. I'm going to take you off the schedule. I'm going to put you on. I'm going to put you on probation. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a business meeting. I'm mm-hmm. going to come in. You can't do this. You can't say that. What are you telling people? Why would you tell them that? That was private between us. You didn't have any right to tell people that. And I'm like, yeah, but they're all members of this yoga studio wellness center. They're the ones who are paying you. I'm just speaking what's here, what's obvious. They asked me. I answered a question honestly. And now you're putting me on probation because I, I literally answered the client students who are paying you. Mm-hmm. So that means you're hiding. You're fired. <laughs> I, told, I told that one woman at, the, at one of the wellness centers mm-hmm. in 2020, whatever it was, 2017. Mm-hmm. She's like, you're fired. I said, oh, did we get down to the heart of something here? Because I'm older than her and I didn't mm-hmm. give a shit. And I was like, I, I mean... I was at that point almost 50. I'm mm-hmm. like, I've lived long enough now. I said, oh, clearly we hit something. And I said, yeah, go ahead and fire me. I'm used to it. Mm-hmm. And then she started to cry. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, Sonia. I don't want to have to fire you. Then don't fire me. Mm-hmm. Be honest. Be authentic. Be who you are. Come clean with me. She was actually on my bodywork table. So mm-hmm. I actually knew her a bit intimately. And I'm like, come clean. 
And she's like, no, 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 this is not my policy. Oh, there's that Scorpio. Because I knew her chart. There's that Scorpio in your chart playing its little role. All right. Mm. Well, because you cannot be authentic, you can fire me. But I also can't work here anymore either because you can't be. I had to tell her that I can't I can't work here anymore because you're not being authentic. And that's the only way that I can be. Mm -hmm. I have to speak the truth as I see it. Mm -hmm. I was smiling. That was the first time I had been fired. That was the last time I was fired too. Mm -hmm. But that was, and that's probably why that was the last time I was fired Mm -hmm. is because I was so authentic Mm -hmm. in that fired, your fired meeting. Mm -hmm. And I literally, from that meeting, I had uh, a brand new yoga class at the last gym that I taught at, that I had to go teach for the very first time. And I said to her, universe has already given me a stepping stone. As you brought me in on this meeting, I literally have to go teach my first class at the next place in the next two hours. Mm -hmm. And I said, and I will be just like this there as I am here. And she was crying and she thanked me. Mm-hmm. Just like, thank you so much for being for being this way. I feel so badly, but this is our policy. That's what she said. I feel so badly. But this what was the is our policy. Uh, the policy is, and I'm not going to name what the building, I'm not going to name what the business is. I'm sure is. you can do that without naming. <laughs> I can. <laughs> the, the policy was you have to follow the blank, the, 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 the name of the, of the business, their, their policy guidelines. Mm-hmm. And if you do not follow their policy guidelines, if you if you violate them by three times, three strikes and you're out. Okay. And one of them was if you're more than five minutes late and I'd had an emergency. That was the first one. I'd had an emergency. Couldn't get to the class. Kept calling. But nobody at the front desk answered the phone. Uh-huh. And so I got there late. So that was the first strike. And they let you know, oh, you were late. First strike. And I'm like, and I sent an email and I called uh-huh. and said there was some problem. And it was a construction problem or something. I totally got caught up in it. And. Mm-hmm. And so that was the first strike. There was no, no excuses. No, you can't have any excuses. If you're late, that's it. First strike. My students, they all, they all totally got it. Mm-hmm. And that was the problem I had with another yoga studio in Portland was the same thing. I actually had a client who was trying to commit suicide who called me. Mm-hmm. And I literally forgot all about the class I was supposed to go teach because I was helping my client from committing suicide on the phone. Mm-hmm. And that took an hour. Yeah. And then I got a call from one of my students who was waiting and they were like, Sonia, we're waiting for your, your class. I had totally forgotten. I was so caught up and I managed to talk this guy out of jumping off the side of his building. Mm-hmm. I actually talked him into coming in and it was, that was the only time that's ever happened. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. And then I got, I literally, I called the owner of the studio and the manager and left them both messages and told them exactly what had happened. And they thought it was so grandiose. They thought I was making up, they thought it was a story I was making up for some oh. other mistake. And so they literally fired me the next day from missing teaching my class. I got fired right away. Mm-hmm. That's the way a lot of these, these places were. Mm-hmm. And the, the lesson was always for me. And I, you know, I, I have, I have reflected on this since. But the lesson for me was always, you're speaking your truth, and that's all that matters. Yes, absolutely. You're being authentically you. Mm-hmm. And you're telling the truth, and it sounds dramatic, but my life is dramatic. Mm-hmm. It's very true to Jupiter 29 degree Leo mm-hmm. in the 12th house and the whole mm-hmm. house system. It's very true to that. And, it, and, and I've always been authentic with myself. Have I gotten my, my feelings hurt, my emotions hurt from that? Oh, yeah. I of course. Mean, both those times, the, the last time that I was fired from that wellness center, I didn't cry at all. I actually felt relieved that I was done with there because they, they had surveillance cameras on us. We were always watched all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, they, had, uh, they, they had their own spies that were in your classes to make sure that you didn't say anything that was not in the blank experience the blank studios experience that you're supposed to give uh-huh. same with the last gym that i worked for sonia this is this is not the so-and-so experience that we'd like our our clients to have you're you're too busy promoting your own your own work i'm like a lot of these people are my clients yeah but you're p- too busy promoting that and you're not giving them the authentic gym experience that they're supposed to be having mm-hmm. but yet their authentic gym experience was just a uh, like a corporate 24-hour fitness is all it was i'm like i'm actually taking care of these people that's what I found from building a, a conscious community is A, the spiritual ego, B, financial greed, which is lack. That's fear. Mm-hmm. 
And C, a fear of taking off your mask Mm -hmm. and letting yourself, seeing who you truly are in the reflection from others. Mm -hmm. And I've always taken notes when I've gone through all of these conscious community centers. When I'm done with each one, I've said, okay, that is clearly not the way that I want to do that. Check. Let me write that. I've actually written notes. All right. This, this is not what I want. Mm-hmm. So what do I want? Mm-hmm. And then I write down what I do want. I'm clear on that. And then the next one shows me a different aspect of the spiritual ego, fear, and greed. And I'm like, all right, I see this. I see the repeating pattern, but I see this little different nuance to this next place. Mm-hmm. I know I don't want that. Basically, what I find is that the people who own the Conscious Community Wellness Centers, they are very controlling about the experience that they want others to have. Mm. And then they become my clients. And then I learn about their childhoods. Mm -hmm. And I learn that all of that's just a reflection of the childhood that they had. Mm. And they're looking for, you know, this utopian. They're looking for this whole utopian experience. That's another thing that I wanted to talk about in this podcast is I realize that many people have this conception mm-hmm. of conscious community being this utopian experience. It's like you talk about people running around naked and blah, 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 blah. It doesn't work having this utopian experience or I've learned all about the polyamorous. Well, what, what it is is that when people think of conscious community, and when I say people, I'm primarily referring to the demographic of people that I've been around who are interested in building conscious community or have created some form of conscious community. Uh, they are people who seek an escape from uh, what they consider to be the throes of modern society. That's little the key. little That's do the they key. realize that the most of the things that they are looking to escape from are just human experiences, blanket human experiences that rise up again inevitably in their communities that they create because they're not understanding and embracing. So, for example, I find a lot of people want to escape. uh, They want to escape um, lack to some degree. So whether that comes in the form of a, a physical lack or whether that comes in the form of a connective lack between people where they're they're not feeling like the right level of connection. That's a very interesting one to dive into because a lot of times when people say that they want better connection, what they're actually looking for is they're looking for people who align with them in a way to where there's not going to be friction. So they're looking to remove themselves from friction because when they ex- go out into the world, they experience a lot of friction between themselves and other people. And so they think that by aligning themselves with other people whose ideals are the same in terms of what like they want externally, they're not going to experience friction. Little do they realize that this friction is crucial for humans to grow and learn because everyone is the main character of their own story, which means that we create obstacles and experiences by interacting with each other, which is necessary for us to continue to live and thrive as people. So that's why, for example, when we were looking at that Peter Santanello video, mm. it's a Peter Santanello I love video. It. By the way, he is a Libra. He's yes, October 10th. You, you, yes, we <laughs> talked about that. I love that guy. When we when we looked at this, there's this YouTuber named Peter Santanello. Oh, he you makes, gotta you gotta watch him. He makes fascinating videos. He's a modern day he, journalist. He, oh, he's an amazing. He does an amazing, amazing form of journalism, journalism where he goes and he talks to marginalized people in communities that don't get representation, and he speaks to them about their experiences. He just did a series where he went to a series of different Native American reservations. And funny enough, what you find is that in these Native American reservations, right? So they've introduced essentially modern sort of societal structure. I won't say capitalist structure because I don't believe that this is 
I mean, I guess by definition, it is sort of capitalism. I'm just not as educated on the specifics of like the political movement. So I'll just say modern societal structure because we see it replicated around most of the modern age. And it has been for the entire modern age. Basically, the point is that you have like a series of officials who come into power through election or some other means, but usually election. And these officials are then sort of in charge of handing out different responsibilities, allocating resources to different people. So you have an entire society that's built off of that structure. This is not how Native American society used to function. Native American society actually functioned a lot more like Marxist communist theory, where there was no class, there was no rank. Aside from you had obviously chief, and in some societies there was war that denigrated whether like becoming chief. But the thing is, well, they also have holy people. They have the but, holy. But people. the thing is, these are not necessarily ranked in the same way that these these no. officials, because the difference is in those societies there is no physical status that comes with no. that position. Actually, all that those positions in ancient Native American societies held is they just held more responsibility. If you were the chief, you were responsible. Well, for, for all, all of your people. people. So the thing that people desire to get into that position is responsibility. Now, can you imagine how wonderful it would be if we had a society in which politicians went into the position of politicians because they were greedy for responsibility? We've never experienced anything even no. remotely like that. No, we haven't. There, I can't think of a single politician who goes into power because they want to be responsible for other people. They want to have more power so that they can divulge it or uh, they can diversify it amongst their family members and yes. themselves. Because they make a lot of money from campaigning. Absolutely. They make a lot of money they from being They make a tremendous amount of money. It They're is paid. all about the status and the self. And that is what system has been implemented into modern Native American society. And the interesting thing that all these natives talk about is that this system has completely destroyed their societies. Yeah, and they all talk about the it in, every, in everything, including yes. all of his videos going all the way back to like going to Michigan, to going, oh, yes. Yes, to, going to the, the Muslim community oh, yes. there, to going to every, I've watched almost all of his videos of you as you have. It all has the same theme. Mm-hmm. All of his videos have the same theme of every society that he goes to, mm-hmm. whether he's leaving the United States or whether he's coming back to the U.S. Mm-hmm. They all have the same theme is that the system has destroyed mm-hmm. their their ancient community and has prevented them from continuing what they know and how to live off the land and mm-hmm. how to continue as a, as a community, as a conscious community, mm-hmm. as family is communal mm-hmm. as being together without any caste system, without Absolutely. any hierarchy and elders are revered mm-hmm. for their wisdom. And it literally, everybody will eventually come to that place in a, a conscious community. You, mm-hmm. Everybody will eventually through default of experience will eventually be revered as an elder. And yeah. they, they praise their elders they revere their elders. They go to their elders. All of that. Is the, and they talk about this in his latest series. That's been taken away. Yeah, because what the, what the caste system creates is it, it, removes the, it removes the allure of responsibility. And it replaces it with a desire of physicality. So you're desiring to acquire more material because material equals power. And when material equals power and equals status, that creates greed. And every human is susceptible to this. Uh, There's really, I I can't imagine a single human being that would be so virtuous, although I'm sure there probably are those humans who are so virtuous that they would be able to completely resist. You know, it's like in Lord of the Rings, Frodo and the One Ring. The ring is so powerful that even Gandalf, the white wizard, who is an angel from the Maiars, he wants to resist this ring. He doesn't take it because he understands that if he did, the power would be too much of a greatness for him. He would want it too badly. So it's the same theory. It's the same concept. And it's destroyed societies all around the world. So so when we understand this, it's like, it 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 does a lot of things. and. One of the things that that understanding does for us is it it allows us to realize that the 
the responsibility of an individual's role in the community falls upon the individual. And so instead of trying to remove responsibility from yourself by acquiring material status with which that can essentially work for you so that you don't have to put in responsibility and then you can just focus on being, you know, a selfish individual, uh, that is basically what material status in society does to people is it causes it, it allows them to remove responsibility from themselves. So what it instead does is it places this role in us where we understand that by pursuing the greatest form of ourselves, the most authentic, genuine version of ourselves, vulnerable version of ourselves, for which we are susceptible to learning by constantly running into boundaries, right? We constantly run into brick walls and we come away from it with a bruise and that bruise teaches us something and then we learn from that and we grow and we grow. If we understand that and we embrace that and we utilize that to remove our mask, to become the fullest versions, the most authentic versions of ourselves, and everyone in the community does that, then these are going to be individuals who understand the wealth of responsibility that has been bestowed upon them, and therefore that eliminates the ranking of the community, no matter what your position is in that community. Say, if you are, I'm just going to throw random words out, if you're a baker, or if you're a, you know, a woodcutter or something like that. There if you're are different, a healer, if you're the alchemist, if yeah, you're, they all have their different roles. There are roles. different roles, right? But when you understand that the personal responsibility to keep the community going lies within you, and your pursuits and how fully and authentically you pursue those things, how vulnerably you are able to act around others, meaning that when somebody says something to you that comes into contradiction with an idea that you've held on to, you understand that the idea that you've held on to is probably rooted in ego, so you're able to take an honest look at yourself and say, okay, well, this person told me this, but I think this, hmm, let me think about this, okay, now I can use my knowledge of this to possibly change my idea if it has been rooted in ego and heal the community, you know, by healing this rift between myself and this person. If everyone in the community is acting authentically, that's totally possible because you understand that ideas and things that we grasp onto, things that give us more power, right, rooted in concepts and the mental body, these are things that change throughout time. And so there's a level of control that we're giving up when we understand that we're not going to have the same ideas as everyone else. We're not always going to be in agreement with everyone else. When we come into contact with somebody who has a difference from us, but they're able to express that to us in a genuine way, in a way that isn't too pushy. They're not trying to change us with their idea. They're just saying, hey, I don't agree with you. This is me. That's somebody whose mask is off. I respect that. That's somebody that I want to grow with and heal with because they're showing me something about myself. They're showing me something that I need to learn from. And if I can replicate that, even if we're always in disagreement, some of the most powerful friendships and the most powerful allegiances can come from those people. No, absolutely. When you're sharing this, what I'm being shown within is in tribes, in nations, indigenous nations, they are given a name early on in their life based on their behavior, based on what they, what they show interest in. And in their languages, they're given that name. And then as they move through their rite of passage into growing, and of course, starting at age, depending on the tribe, depending on the nation, starting for sometimes for boys age nine and girls for 10 or girls for eight or sometimes 11 or 12, um, and in religion, in Judaism, 12 is the bar mitzvah, bat mitzvah. In Christianity, that's the, the confirmation. Um, in, in Catholicism and Orthodox, that's when they take their first communion, age 13, 13, 14. That's that whole preteen tween age as we're beginning, hormones are increasing and we're beginning to blossom. In indigenous nations, that is when they go through their tests. They start going through tests. The boys will go through tests of 
What type of hunter-gatherer are they? What type of warrior are they? Depending on what that tribe's focus is, because some tribes are focused on, like we saw with the crow, and the crow is the, 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 the colonist's name for that nation. They are the ones who are more warring, or the Pawnee more warring and whereas the Navajo are more spiritual people and artisans, the Cherokee, which you're a part of, are also artisans and healers. The Cree, which are the neighboring nation just south and I think a little bit further west of the Cherokee, because I studied them a bit when we were looking at your own genealogy. The Cree are the musicians and the dancers and the drummers. And each one as they go through their rite of passages, they're starting to move into the flow of going more towards deeper responsibility, which we think of as adulthood. Mm-hmm. But as the body is starting to mature and they're starting to prepare for procreation and 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 you know partnering and all of that, then if they are showing a difference in what they're expressing about who they are, I'm now changing how I want to add to our tribe or community then they're given a different name. Mm -hmm. Their name can change throughout their evolution in their tribe. And they embrace conflict. I've talked with many indigenous. I mean, you went to a school where they brought indigenous in locally. And I I talked with a couple of the, uh, there was one of the chief of one of the, I think, I want to say Grand Ronde, but I don't think it was Grand Ronde. It was, it's uh, the casino down 99 going towards the coast. And they brought him in at Odyssey School. And I, I was there for that day. It was the only one I was there for when Mars was in the 3-5 and you were in the 6-8. And I talked with them just a little bit. I was really curious. I talked to them with another group of parents, with other groups of parents while we were there. And, you know, he was sharing how they are on the reservation. He said, we have to fight to keep our traditional ways of living as you know, as the system has come in and how having the casino has actually given them some rights back and some financial responsibility to be able to come back into their traditional ways and how all members of their tribe are honored for what they give, what they offer to the tribe. And we were all expressing to him that this is what we want for our children. This is what we want for ourselves. And he was saying, what you're doing here by even bringing me in and having me talk to your children about what really happened with my people and the original peoples of this land when the colonists came in, when the explorers and the colonists came in, is huge because you're helping your kids to kind of remember on a much deeper spiritual level, on a soul level, what is true to our nature. He said, we are all communal in nature and there's no one higher than another. He says, we just learn to honor and respect those that have come before us that just literally have the wisdom of experience. This is what I'm desiring Mm -hmm. in community. I'm desiring that. And I've always desired this because I don't find this In not only this country, but I've also gone to other countries to live briefly to see if I could find it there. Mm -hmm. And even though I found more community in Latin America, I still found, you know, because the church Catholicism is so strong in Latin America that I found that religion still separated everybody. Mm -hmm. It still separated everybody. I'm there and I'm, you know, I'm helping them and I'm experiencing their land and I'm still by many of those people, like in, in Peru, I was still regarded as an outsider. Mm-hmm. But there were many there who were in a higher consciousness when we lived in Peru, who were like, thank you so much for coming here. And you're making a huge difference. They were all women. Most of them were women. They were like, oh, you're changing the way that we see the feminine. You're so strong. You brought your children. You have no husband. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was part of my purpose for going there. But I was looking for community. That cohesive community where we all just honor each other for just being who we are, whether we agree or disagree. And I still didn't find that. And I found that that Peruvians also hide behind masks. They don't like anybody to know their problems. Neither do Mexicans. Mm. They don't want to talk about their problems. Mm-hmm. They're only going to talk about what's good. Oh, I'm not feeling good today. I'm not going to talk at all. And it's like, but why not? That's a part of life. No, that's not a part of their culture. Um, it's this. It's that way in Brazil too. When I when I was in Brazil briefly, they don't they don't talk about their problems. They only talk about the good. And 
I used to, as you know, I used to be in the whole you know, love and light. We're only going to talk about the good. But that's not reality. That's not being no. human. We have to talk about the light and the dark. We have to talk about our difficulty because we're learning how to dive deep within ourselves on all levels, psychological, emotional, spiritual, in, in all ways, and physical. And the only way that we can understand, comprehend more about ourselves is to dive deep. Mm-hmm. And we need that support. We need that mirrored support from our community. I truly feel that we need that on a physical level. Mm-hmm. We need to live in whether they're pods, whether they're flocks, whether you know whatever, looking at nature, how nature reflects back to us. Birds all have their flocks. Mm. And animals have their pods or their herds. Humans need this as well. And in indigenous cultures, they have that. But we've, the system has taken us away from that. Yeah, I believe that you will find in most cultures around the world that people, people are heavily, heavily masked. I think that most people in most cultures have at this point adopted a a masked persona. And here's what's coming in just to interrupt you here. When you mask, you intensify the pain that you're in. What? Mm, Absolutely. Oh, you intensify it. Mm -hmm. If you don't dive into it, the less that you know about that pain, the more it festers. What you avoid increases. Mm Because it wants to be seen. Mm-hmm. The pain wants to be felt. You know, when we talk about so many times, universe doesn't care if you experience good or bad. Universe just wants the experience. Mm, absolutely. It doesn't. And of course, when, we, when you know, when, when, when we're doing deep spiritual work, whether we're taking psychedelics or doing quantum healing or, or whatever, shamanic healing, soul retrieval, whatever it is, you know, floating float tanks, all of that, no matter what you're doing, the pain wants to come up. The volcano must erupt. Mm -hmm. The pore that's infected must eventually pop. Mm. It's cyclic. It needs to go through that because there's the process of knowledge through the pain. Yes. That's what this realm is about. That's what this is what third dimensional reality is. It's literally God realizing itself. And you have to go through the pain in order to realize yourself. Absolutely. You have to dive deep. And that's why in, in these conscious communities, the, the ones that are successful, I, have, I haven't been in one myself, but I have talked with some people who did live in other countries. One guy lived on an island and I want to try to remember where it is. I think it was off of the southern coast of Europe somewhere. There is this, there's an island where there's a conscious community where they don't really have a lot of rules. And everybody's just themselves. And he he said he finally left it because he said, my ego couldn't handle it. Yeah. I talked with him at an ecstatic dance one time in Portland. We sat, I was, I was getting ready to go and we sat out. We got into this deep conversation. I was telling him that I'm, you know, I'm, I'm certified in QHHT and he had heard about Dolores Cannon. And we sat down and talked and we ended up talking for like two hours. The dance finished and I was trying to leave early. And he, he was sharing with me about his experience in this island with this communities. And I said, how many people are in this community? He said, it was several hundred. Yeah. He said, we're Paul, it's, it's a polyamorous. And he said, we're not ready as a collective consciousness, as humans, we're not ready for polyamory because we're too, we're perceiving through the ego too much, the mask. Mm-hmm. He said, if you're going to be polyamorous, if you're literally going to live amongst others and truly be authentic, to yourself at all times, he said, you cannot let your ego dictate your behavior. He said, and I couldn't handle that. And he said, nine months in this community. And I said, it's successful. He said, it's still going to this day. And they would love for me to come back. I said, why do they want you to come back? He said, because they want me to work through my ego. They want me to take off the false mask. They went, he did use the word mask. He said, they want me to come back because they love me and they love what I was showing them. They re- and he said, I said, how'd you learn about it? He said, you can only learn about it through word of mouth. You can only learn. And he said, and only if you're ready. He said, there, the, there are a lot of them walk around naked. Mm-hmm. He said, it's very raw. And he said, and 
we realize coming from the outside world into this internal community that the majority of humans is not ready to live this way. But he Mm -hmm. said, these are people who have literally come into a state of depth within themselves that they want to go to this level. He said, they grow their own food. I said, I I was growing my own food there. I said, is it more of a tropical? He said, it's a sub, it's a subtropic Island. So he said, you can grow a lot, a lot of food. I I said, is it like Thailand? He said, it's a lot like Thailand. He said the, the largest society that I know of that I've been to this place that I would say is the closest that the outside world knows about is Bali. Hmm. That is the, that's the, that's the only country that I know of that would come closest to just a touch of the way that the, the society on this Island lives. Mm -hmm. I said, and and who are the citizens that make up this Island? He said, Oh, they're from all over the world. He said, it's literally a frequency that you vibrate at. And when you're ready to vibrate at this frequency, you'll learn about these people. And I said, well, clearly I'm vibrating at at a, he goes, yeah, the fact that I'm telling you this. He said, I, I couldn't handle it. He said, because it just, when you're with them, and he said, and the island is large. He said, I, I didn't even hit in the nine months. I didn't even hit all the areas. He said, there's sub, there's sub communities within this large community. Mm-hmm. And he said, and you're free to come and go as you want to. I said, there's no rules. He said, they have guidelines, community guidelines about, you know, you don't kill each other. You don't, you know, no raping, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. Don't steal. They have those. He's kind of like the commandments. Mm -hmm. But he said, part of their creed is that you must be authentically you in every moment. And he said, you hear that and you think, oh, how great. Mm -hmm. But he said, but your shit is going to come up all the time. He said, I kept seeing all my stuff being mirrored by everyone. I was getting triggered constantly. And he said, and the more you're ready to see it, the more it comes up because he says, this is living third dimensionally. But he said, but the growth of these people was astounding to me. And he said, I'm so programmed into living in a hierarchy, in a caste system that I couldn't handle not living in the system, living on this place. And he said, and they're used to it. People come and people go. Mm-hmm. If you can't live in a community, where everyone is considered equal and everyone is asked to be authentic. And that means people are crying and screaming and all of that if they feel like it. He said, it's intense. It's very, very intense. And he said, I couldn't handle it. I said, I asked him, do you feel like you're ever going to go back? He said, oh, I so want to. He's like, that's why I had to return he was originally from Oregon and he said that I had to return. So he said, I told them I'm going to go back and work on myself. I'm going to do some deep healing. He was interested in a quantum healing session. He never booked one, but he said, I came back because I, I, I have, I have to, to work on myself. I've got to get to that level within myself where I can return because he said the majority of them are, are just living authentically. Mm-hmm. He's like, because the majority of the world is not living authentically. Mm-hmm. And when you get there, you, it's so clear He's like, it feels like the rest. And he said, and this isn't a judgment, but he said, I feel like the rest of the world is just, they're caught up in a virus. He Mm -hmm. said, the system is, he's like, the system's very enticing. Mm -hmm. He said, because you don't bring any of that. That's the other than one of the, one of the the guidelines is don't bring the outside world in here. Mm -hmm. Don't bring plastic. He says, there's no plastic allowed. Mm -hmm. Don't bring any of that. No technology, nothing. He says, "You're, you're, you're literally learning how to live completely within mother earth Mm -hmm. he said so you make everything you do everything there's no i said there's no electricity goes nope no electricity no technology he said you're he said they're using crystals Mm -hmm. they're using everything they're using he's like they they've figured things out and he said they're not perfect at it and they know it and they're okay with that they're okay that they're not perfect at it and i remember like listening to him speak about this i was so engrossed several hours i went by and i was like i literally felt within myself I was like, I said to him, yeah, I'm actually not ready for that either. He goes, but that's so great that you knew that and that you've, you've actually verbalized that. I said, it sounds wonderful. And it sounds like it would be so cohesive. He's like the level of intimacy. And then he goes like into me see mm-hmm. is so intense. And he goes, I couldn't handle it. I'm mm-hmm. not ready for it. And he said, I'm so bothered that I'm not ready 
for it. And he goes, and I'm okay that I'm bothered. He was very intense. And then I asked him what his chart was. He had a lot of Sag. I remember that in his chart. He's like, I'm okay that I'm not ready for it. I'm okay. I'm okay with that. And I said, it's really good that we're talking about this. I said, yeah, I'm okay that I'm not ready for that too. But, but I want to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the closest I've ever heard mm-hmm. of, of a community like this. Well, I, I mean, I, I think that that is, that is real conscious community. I mean, to me, literally, that is the only thing that makes a community conscious is to be as present as you possibly can. And presence is awareness of everything. So, yeah, it's not going to be a all-encompassing fun experience. It's not going to be a blissful experience. There will be great bliss, great happiness, great pain, great sadness, great anger. All of these will be experienced in their fullest forms because you're conscious of it. And your consciousness intensifies it, just as you said. When you experience something, when you experience something in the moment right then and there, it can feel very intense, but it goes away very quickly. And so it's just a lot of that. When, as we've learned to do, you bury something down, maybe you dull it, but it grows within you. So it's a long-lasting holding on. And that's what we've learned to do in our societies that we have formed in, in most of the world, is we've learned that instead of learning from these experiences here and now, because it may seem painful, it may seem scary, right? We push it down and it grows and it gets bigger and so it's kind of a it's an illusion because we think that we're we think that we're avoiding the worst of it but in reality we're actually making it worse for ourselves by not experiencing things fully as they are meant to be experienced now that it all comes down to this and and we say this all the time but it's true and you have to practice this it's a practice because we are taught not to do this for generations and generations, I don't even, you know, we could go back to Rome for mm-hmm. all I know. I don't remember, but honor yourself authentically in every moment with whomever you are with mm-hmm. in whatever situation that you're with. Yeah. Honor yourself. And I certainly haven't perfected that. It's something no. I'm constantly working on. No, I, I, it's, it's not easy to do, but, but it is my belief. It is my belief that when you are able to perfect it or at the very least practice it as I don't really think there is anything such, there's no such thing as perfection. This is a very imperfect thing. You're embracing imperfection. And so when you're able to practice this consistently in the hardest moments, right? I think life will start to propel you in a direction where you attract more of that like-minded energy. And so to me, that's why conscious community, creating conscious community is surrendering yourself. Oh, creating conscious community is surrendering yourself. It is because when you live in the moment, you are surrendering to source, to light, to isness, oneness. And then you're living in the moment and then it's literally just showing you through the synchronicities the next timeline that you're jumping into, you're going into, because everything's about a timeline. If everything's now, then everything's a timeline. So you're just stepping and stepping and you're just going through the doorway, the gateway. That's what all the numbers are for too. The one ones and the eight eights and the nine nines and all that. Yes. It's literally just showing you the synchronicity and you're living in the now and you're being authentically with you. Yeah. I feel like when we are, when we are living in that state of being completely, mm-hmm. that is when we're going to be ready for that, that, level of conscious community absolutely right now we're we're in the preschool stages yes we are but it's important but and as you and i talked about in the kitchen earlier it it isn't about the destination mm-hmm. being it's the process and, it, and, I, and i was just gonna say being human but it isn't it's just being any being mm-hmm. any being any 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 star system any dimension inner dimension whatever it's about the process because ascension is about coming from the the descension going up literally in the physical body as consciousness coming into the brain turning the brain back on with that that klaus oil the claustrum mm-hmm. going back up to the brain you have enlightenment you're back in the oneness 
and then you descend and you come back down. And it's literally that process of ascension and descension, ascension and descension. And it's about the process of it. Yes. That's what's fun for us. Yes. So I feel like after all of this discussion we've just had, I have clarity. I feel like I'm really good now with where I'm at in being, I'll say, a preschooler yeah. in learning how to authentically honor myself, my life, and my expression Yes. in order to come together in conscious community. Yes. Absolutely. I'm good with that. Thank you so much, everyone, for checking out this week's episode of the podcast. Uh, if you have any feedback, we would love to hear it. So you can leave us a response on our Q&A forms, which I know you can find on Spotify. I don't know if they have them on Apple, but I would check that out or any of the other platforms. Or we have a Patreon group where we do a one-hour-long Q&A session every single Sunday. So you can find us on Patreon, uh, Patreon slash One Long Conversation. And we would love to hear from you. We'd love to get you involved in the process and uh, heal everyone collectively. That's, that's sort of the goal with this is inner healing for the self, for the collective. Uh, let's just find the best way to do it, get it all out there, and uh, move forward. So thank you guys so much, and we will see you for next week's episode.